get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games why was it a wild week in cfl week one well we're going to get into that and a whole lot more on Bonfire Midweek. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the show. And let's bring in the man, Zach Schnitzer, as always, to the program. What's going on, Schnitzy? How you feeling today? You ready to go? We got a jam-packed show today. Oh, I'm 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 dancing around the bonfire ready to go, buddy. Welcome in all the fire starters. So much to talk about. And we have a big rivalry game in Regina, baby. We're going to get into it. Yeah, we got uh, tons to get to on the show. Thanks to everybody who is already in the live chat, watching live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. Maybe you're checking out the podcast later. Appreciate all you guys stopping in. Be sure to catch our pregame show, Game Day Winnipeg. The legend, Chris Walby, the GOAT, joins me as always. We will go live tomorrow. That is Thursday, live at noon on these channels and then zach will join me for game day after dark might be a late one maybe we have a special guest following that 8 p.m central time start uh game day after dark your post game show here in winnipeg and uh well all you bombers fans across the cfl uh we're gonna go around the league we'll talk about winnipeg's big win zach kolaris lighting it up vernon adams and the bc lions really impressing especially offensively in their debut the montreal alouettes Captured a win. Uh, Nick Arbuckle absolutely stank. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders found a way to win. They rode their D all the way to that victory uh, in Edmonton. Guaranteed win game did not work out for the Elks at Commonwealth. Uh, and of course, we're going to uh, dive deeper into the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, their injury situation, where they're at right now. A couple roster moves that they made uh, this week, including adding uh, a couple CFL veterans that just might be waiting in the wings for an opportunity. We will look into CFL week two, some intriguing matchups. We'll make our picks for SIA.com slash bonfire. That's where you want to go for your exclusive uh, link for your bonus. Uh, and maybe you want to throw a couple uh, pennies on the game. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, Rocky week one for me, better week one for uh, you, Schnitzi. Oh, yeah, uh, baby. Let's let's start uh, with our around the league here on Bonfire Midweek and well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers capture a win. Zach Kolaris, as I mentioned, man, he he was absolutely on fire. Brady Oliveira, the offensive line. We're going to talk about Willie Jefferson and and Demario Houston, the defense overall. Uh, 189 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter for Zach Kolaris. You were in the building. Uh, your thoughts on that game. Was Winnipeg just that dominant or was Hamilton kind of bad out of the gates? I think Winnipeg was that dominant. Honestly, uh, they were just take off your blue colored glasses, man. They, they are the best team ever in the entire universe and they're never going to lose again. Okay. My blue colored glasses. You didn't need blue colored glasses. You just read his stat line. Kolaris was 189 yards, three touchdowns in the first quarter. Well, it almost like it was too easy, right? So maybe Hamilton kind of stunk. Who was it? Uh, um, I got his name right here. 
Kenneth George Jr. He was wearing number three. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Playing boundary corner. Down. He fell twice. He allowed a 40-yard catch and run for Carlton Agadosi. He allowed yeah. the Drew Wolitarski touchdown uh, as the Bombers kind of flipped, uh, you know, left and right sides of the field. Um, you know, yeah. him falling twice, that led directly to two scores. Yes, no, for sure. And the Agadosi one, he fell... Um, he might've been in position, but Agadosi might've still got it. He's such a giant behemoth of a person. He probably still would have had it, but Wolotarski, the pass was perfect. And it was to where, just where Wolotarski could get it. I rewatched the game. So um, maybe those are blue color glasses, but I'm pretty sure uh, both catches still would have stood, buddy. Yeah. I mean, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers offense flexed in week yeah. one. Uh, l- let's take a look right here at Zach Kolaris's numbers uh, off the charts. 68% passing, 354 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, great efficiency rating. We'll talk a little bit about pro football focus, the American-based uh, stats and analytical uh uh, entity that uh, is is covering the CFL this year. They had Zach Kolaris uh, off the charts in week one. Can we talk about Brady Oliveira? I know the stats here say 22 carries for 106 yards. They've since corrected it. It's now 112 yards. But Rashid Bailey picked up uh, a couple first downs, uh, runs of, of uh, 10 plus. You can see right there for Rashid Bailey. Uh, and then in the receiving game, lots of Nick Dembski, lots of Dalton Schoen, lots of Rashid Bailey, Drew Wolitarski getting to the end zone with a couple second down conversions. Look at this. Two for Wolitarski, two for Bailey, two for Schoen, one for Dembski, Oliveira, and Agadosi. Everybody who caught a pass mm-hmm. converted a second down into a first down for Winnipeg. The offense was just on fire, let alone the old Everybody, everybody was like, I like how you said that they were flexing. And I I almost wonder, Darren, whether, because they kind of went to sleep in the third quarter when you're up 32 to four, you know, I think, I think it's hard to keep your, to keep your foot to the gas pedal. But then, then when Hamilton made it close, they, they got up to 17 points and made it a what a 20 point lead instead of 28 then the bombers just flexed again and that was uh that was the drive where you saw bailey with those 10 plus yard runs kind of going off script and uh it kind of fooled the tie cats and then they finished it off with a brady Oliveira touchdown just flexing again buddy <clears throat> yeah i i don't know a better word to describe it they were really really good offensively defensively they were Excellent too. Uh, you know, yeah. um, w- wanted to read a couple things from, from the game notes. That's why my face went very white. Cause I pulled up a big PDF, uh, here. So I'm being lit by the blue light of, uh, uh, what keeps me up at night computer screens. I think yes. everyone can relate a little bit. Uh, Kolaris, uh, CFL high week one, 354 passing yards. All those touchdowns came in the first quarter. As we mentioned, Winnipeg gained 336 net yards of their 471 net yards in the first half. They really backed off in the second half. And I understand that score effects. You'll hear that amongst the, uh, you know, the, 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 the stats nerds that, uh, you know, follow hockey and, and, and baseball and the like, but score effects probably played a big role in that. So 135 yards for the blue bombers offense in the second half, uh, Sergio Castillo four for four, kicking 
which I know Bombers fans and the 29,000 plus at the Madhouse back on Friday were, were very happy uh, to see. Uh, Brady Oliveira, I said a corrected 112. It was 113 rushing yards. He was the only player in the CFL to go over 100 in week one, 22 carries, uh, a great uh, yards per carry average uh, of well over five, nearly five and a half yards per carry. So Brady Oliveira, the offensive line, no sacks allowed. Uh, the offense was really, really good. Defensively though, Zach, we saw a ton of great performances as well. I don't know who you want to start with first because there's a whole bunch of guys on the Bombers defense that were impactful and made those kind of real game-breaking plays. Well, I, I don't think you need to look further than Willie Jefferson. Three tackles, two sacks, two knockdowns, and a forced fumble, buddy. Uh, Willie Jefferson, when he is on, mm-hmm. is a game wrecker. He will destroy your offense. And he, he wasn't playing against bad tackles either. He was playing against Joel Figueroa. Um, you know, he, Hamilton has a pretty decent O-line, but uh, Willie Jefferson jumped off the page for me. But uh, I, I, can't, I can't not talk about Celestin Habba's first sack of his CFL career. Huge one. Being basically the cherry on top of a, of a beautiful cake that was the defense and he basically ended the game for the Ticats down by 11. They were going for it on third and 10 and he just, I, I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's a, um, I don't know what it's called Darren, but the, the move he put on Joel Figueroa, but oh, he kind the, dip. Of, the dip, there was a dip. It was a dip and Figueroa had nothing. And uh, he just took Bo down. Boy, was it a thing of beauty? What did you see in Bo Levi Mitchell? I have some thoughts. Well, I'll 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 give a bit of a teaser to my sober second thought because I'm going to talk about Bo later. I had the same question, right? Because you know, last year I said he was done, and mm-hmm. you know, I I don't want to contradict myself, but at the same time, there's evidence that Bo isn't done. I'll just leave it at that. There's evidence that Bo isn't done. I think I think there was some positives, there were some negatives, and some question marks with Bo. He certainly didn't end up with a good stat line. He was under 200 yards, one touchdown, two picks, both to Demario Houston. Um, not a great night for Bo. No, uh, that pick to Demario, one of one of Demario's two interceptions uh, on the night. One came on the the two point conversion attempts. Uh, the other early in the game on, on just, uh, you know, a, a throw to the sideline for Bo Levi Mitchell. Like, look, I, I was talking about this pass on uh, Regina Radio, uh, on uh, Rod Peterson's show on Facebook and YouTube. Um, uh, I can't even remember. I, I was I was talking about it in a few different places this weekend. Uh, I don't really understand uh, what the issue may be. Okay. You see a, a player who you know is capable make plays, and then you see them make errors. Is it the arm isn't the same as it was? Is it a mistake by the the, the receiver or the offensive play call? Is it, um, you know, just, just a bad throw, just a mental mistake? Uh, or is it just a big play that Demario Houston and, and the Blue Bombers defense made? Um, I think... The jury is still out on Bo Levi Mitchell and 
the Hamilton Tiger Cats offense. It's very new look. Tim White is still there. Bo went after him pretty much all night long, needed to, uh, as they were chasing the game pretty much from start to finish. Not pretty much, absolutely from start to finish. Um, we'll see how it develops, but Duke Williams is new. They got, uh, you know, uh, James Butler, obviously new, uh, some, some different pieces in there and Bo being new, right? New offense for him, new quarterback. Everything might take some time. Uh, I'm really looking forward to their game against the, O and O week one by Toronto Argonauts. We will get into that in our picks for uh, SIA.com as well. Uh, let's go back to Thursday night, Zach, in CFL week one. And this game was entertaining for some reasons and, and, and not so entertaining for others. Uh, this is the BC Lions Calgary Stampeders final 25-15 as the Lions uh, kind of ruined the party, the stampede, if you will. Um, wasn't and, much of a party, apparently. It wasn't very, Yeah, well, uh, that, that's the other thing, too. But, uh, you know, anytime you lose week one, it, it probably hurts the fan base a little bit. The Stampeders, uh, not, not a great attendance, 17,000 and change, I think, um, at McMahon. But Vernon Adams Jr. really, really calmed a lot of doubts about him as the starting quarterback. Two touchdowns, one interception was 77% passing. And Taquan Mizell is really somebody to watch here. Taking over from James Butler, 12 carries for 81 yards. He averaged nearly seven yards per carry. He pitched in in the receiving game as well with uh, three catches uh, for 12 yards. Dom Rimes had a day. Uh, Vernon Adams went to him often. 13 targets, had eight catches for 100, two touchdowns, two second down conversions. He was really good. Javon Katoy made uh, some clutch catches. Um, Lucky Whitehead left the game, came back. We'll keep an eye on the injury report on him, but... Uh, Opposingly, Zach, you have the Calgary Stampeders offense that was just tepid water. What is tepid water? It is that glass of water you've had sitting on your kitchen counter for a day. It's flat. It's lukewarm to, to room temperature. It is not appealing. It doesn't even feel like anything when you take a sip. That was the Calgary Stampeders offense. Uh, they just couldn't create first downs was that play calling was that losing Kadeem Carey uh to injury in this game we'll mention Kadeem Carey is on the six game injured list the CFL's leading rusher in 2022 out for the foreseeable future for the Stampeders good news is Zach we we do know that the Stamps have uh some good depth Diedrich Mills Peyton Logan right behind Kadeem Carey so so they should be okay but is Jake Mayer and his quarterback play of concern. Uh, I think it has to be. This isn't just one game, Darren. Uh, this is now two games. The Western semifinal, he was pulled against BC as well, ironically, in favor of Bo Levi Mitchell, who has since moved on. And then this game, where where Tepid, I think, is a good name for for what, you know, probably if it had a taste would have tasted like warm stale beer. And I, I don't know the average depth of target for one Jake Mayer, who is aspiring to be the mayor uh, of Calgary, 
but it can't have been more than eight, nine yards. It just looked like it was dink and dunk city. And without a, without a strong running attack, uh, that's not going to do it. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the, the Stampeders, um, who do they got this week? Why do I not have it here? <laughs> I normally have it here, Zach. Uh, CFL week two, uh, see some uh, matchups. It, it starts on Thursday night, Calgary in Ottawa in a early game of winless teams. Of course, the Bombers in Saskatchewan to face the Riders, 8 p.m. Central kickoff. If you have the CFL app uh, or the CFL iCal subscription, like in your, in your iPhone, it's off by one hour. It is an 8 p.m. kickoff Friday night in Regina. That is 8 p.m. Central time. Uh, we're going to have to tell somebody in Toronto that Winnipeg and Regina are on different time zones during the summer. Uh, Elks are in BC, uh, two one and O teams going head to head. And then as we mentioned, the tie cats are in Toronto, uh, on, uh, Sunday. So, uh, that is an interesting game in the two teams favored to be, uh, competing for first in the East, uh, back to week two, Zach, um, or pardon me, back, back to week one, uh, the red blacks. Oof. Go into Montreal and well, Nick Arbuckle showed everybody why he has been, uh, you know, a, a journeyman to put it politely, a suitcase to put it less politely in the CFL over the last number of years. Uh, they couldn't do anything with him. Uh, three picks, no touchdowns, uh, 19 to 35 passing 175 yards. It was like a bad day for Matt Nichols. That's what Nick Arbuckle did, uh, for the Ottawa Red Blacks <laughs> in a 19, 12 loss in Montreal. Yeah, that, that game was brutal to watch. I, I, I hope they weren't, uh, using that as a marquee game in the American markets. Darren. Sure it was, not. it was brutal. And, and, you know, I, I imagine that, that, uh, locker room after the game, there must have been some death stares from that Ottawa defense because they sacked Cody Fajardo, I think it was six times. Mm. They were really keeping the Montreal offense in check and they did not get any favors from Arbuckle and that even more tepid beer. Yeah. Yeah. Tepid beer, tepid water. I wouldn't even give it beer because beer's got a little bit of, you know, Got a little kick to tepid, it. Tepid water with a with a yucky aftertaste. Yeah, like like tepid water from the well at the lake. Yeah, you well water. I mean? Just yeah. Oof. Um Cody Fajardo in his remarriage with Jason Moss, now uh in Montreal, head coach instead of offensive coordinator. Fajardo still playing quarterback and uh, still doing the the things he does. He he can be dangerous when he wants to be. He was 67% for 261 yards. Um, really, Montreal wasn't able to, neither of these teams were able to capitalize on their opportunities, right? It was just uh, a, a kind of a, a back and forth game where uh, neither team did much. Um, you know, nice to see William Standback back. After getting injured in the first quarter of the first game uh, in 2022, and uh, he'll probably, uh, you know, be in the conversation late in the year when the team awards uh, get going. Um, but uh, he he didn't do too much. Uh, you know, Ottawa's defense put pressure on Fajardo. You mentioned the sack, Zach, but William Stanback, 2.6 yards per carry. You know, 16 times he carried the ball, only 42 yards. That's an um, impressive number against William Stanback. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I think, you know, these, the way I see Ottawa and Montreal, these were two teams that were both trying to lose. <laughs> uh, not, not a great game uh, in week one, uh, but an interesting game to wrap week one. And that was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders going to Edmonton guaranteed win night at Brickfield at Commonwealth. What does I that like, mean? I feel like guaranteed you should never do. The Lions did that a few years ago and yep. they lost to the Riders. I still remember that. What, what does a guaranteed win night mean? Well, for the Edmonton Elks, and it, it means if they don't win, you get a ticket to the next game. I think you have to buy like a certain level of ticket. You can't buy like yeah, you know, it was a $25. certain section, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, well, th- those people are, are coming back for uh, another game for the Elks. Uh, they lose if 17, they want 13. To. If, if they want to have, uh, if they want to watch Taylor Cornelius not be able to hit a broadside of a barn again, I guess Oof. I'll come back. I told yeah, you he was... had he had accuracy issues. They're going to have a long year if they are counting on the accuracy of Taylor Cornelius. 52% passing. 52%. Two picks, 202 yards uh, was was not really good. But then you look at this. Okay, he had 202 yards. Yeah, What's this? Exactly. He threw an absolute bomb to Geno Lewis. 102-yard touchdown early in the game, and that was really it. Couldn't yeah. do anything else. Minus 102 from this 148 for Geno. And yeah. you're left with... 46 yards, 29 for Arsenal, 22 for the tailback, Kevin Brown, seven yards on one catch for their big free agent signing, Stephen Dunbar, there to help replace Kenny Lawler, Gino obviously uh, leading the way, uh, Mitchell, you know, uh, one of their dangerous weapons, weapons, couldn't do anything there, Kieran Moore, nothing either, uh, a really tough day for Edmonton, but the talk of this game, the, the whole story of this game, forget the stats, forget them, they don't mean anything, the Edmonton Elks stood on the goal line, first and goal from the one with maybe one and a half, with three minutes left in the game, in a one score yeah. game. Yeah. Tried once, tried twice, tried three three times. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders with an outstanding defensive stand at the goal line to win the game. It was Saskatchewan's defense that is 1-0 this season. It'll be very interesting to see how this defense goes from Taylor Cornelius and an inept passing game and an inept short yardage and running game to the best in the land, I think in the opinion of many, maybe most right now, in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with Kolaris and Oliveira and that offensive line and Schoen and Dembski and, uh, and and on and on we go. Um, it's going to be a tough task for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, and it may be even more difficult for them if they're without some very key players. I was so miffed. I mean, you always want to see the Riders lose if you're a Bombers fan. And to be on the doorstep three times, like to not get it in for three times. Are you kidding me? Uh, like, it's just ineptitude. Uh, yeah. border, border, borderline ineptitude anyway from Kai Loxley and those hogs up front and, and the blockers. 
uh, who were at receiver, like just to not be able to get it in. And, and, you know, Edmonton would have gone up by three and they were favored by two and a half. Of course, I bet a little bit of, I put a little sprinkle on Edmonton uh, by, you know, to cover the two and a half and that's what they would have been up by three. So it was uh, annoying all around as a bomber fan and as a sports uh, better. So that is our around the league here on Bonfire Midweek. We'll do this every week, uh, give maybe even a more brief uh, rundown through what we saw in the CFL the previous week. And of course, stick around. We're going to look ahead uh, to week two. Before we do a deeper dive on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, talk about Jackson Jeffcoat, uh, the addition of Brad Muhammad and, and uh, Miles Fox, a couple veteran uh, Americans. Uh, Zach, you're going to have your sober second thought. We got some cues and concerns and craziness uh, we'll get into. Um, do want to mention big shout out to our friends at Shannon's Irish Pub. This is the spot you need to be. If you've never been, you got to check them out. 175 Carlton Street, just a quick bubble screen pass down the street from True North Square. They are right across the street from the uh, RBC Convention Center. And one of the most eclectic hidden gems of a a traditional pub as you will ever find anywhere underneath the streets fantastic drinks you see it right there 21 beers on tap game day specials jets games bombers games before during and after every game home and away they've got food and drink specials they got you covered they got your pub classics the wings are off the charts but they've also got some really interesting tasty culinary selections uh beyond what you may expect uh in an irish pub so go check them out uh shannonsirishpub.ca uh, you need to go see them. They are the spot. Love our friends at, at Shannon's. Uh, go support them and, and you support us here uh, on the channel. Um, Zach, Jackson Jeffcoat left Friday's game early and everybody wondered what it could have been because suddenly, like first he was, he was in the game. He gets the start at defensive end and then suddenly he is just not there anymore. Halftime comes. Haven't heard anything from the team. And then the team finally sends out a tweet, uh, an, an official uh, communication release saying that Jeff Coat is done for the night. Lower body injury will not return. We have to remember the context of all this. Jackson Jeff Coat uh, missed, I would say, the majority or around half of last season. Uh, Winnipeg was still obviously very good, but they are not as good without Jackson Jeff Coat in the lineup. The week leading up to week one, Jeff Coat uh, was on the injury report with a hip issue. Okay, it was listed as a hip. He missed a whole bunch of training camp, was able to get back, was able to be healthy to play week one. Listed as questionable for week one with a hip injury. Now we see the CFL injury report and Jackson Jeffcoat is listed as questionable, or pardon me, he's listed as doubtful for week two in Regina with a calf injury, as you see right here on your screen. So did not practice Tuesday, did not practice today, being Wednesday. So he is doubtful. Uh, Cam Lawson, Tui Ellie, they were both on the one game injured list uh, to start the season. They are once again out for week two. Mike Miller practiced, 
last week, then didn't practice, then was a game time decision and pulled out of the lineup uh, at about 4 p.m. before kickoff last Friday, Had did not practice this week, doubtful. Uh, for week two in Regina, Brady Oliveira limited and full. He is questionable. Any player listed on this list will be questionable at the least. So is this concerning? Same with Dalton Schoen. Didn't practice Tuesday. Both him and Oliveira practiced fully today, being Wednesday. Uh, both questionable for week two. No concern there because questionable is the minimum when uh, the CFL injury reports come out. If you miss five minutes of practice for whatever reason, because you, you know, you, 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 you pulled something a little bit, but you're fine. You're, you're good to go. Um, you will be listed officially as questionable for that upcoming week. So good news, I think overall, but maybe not on the case of, of Jackson Jeffcoat. The, the riders have a lot of injury concerns as well, Zach, that we're going to get into in a second. So, so stick around, but well, not you, Zach, you have to stick around. You don't have a chance. I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm you glued are. to my chair. Uh, but um, Jackson Jeffcoat, if the Bombers are without him, you know, it's probably going to hurt their defense uh, a fair Huge. bit. Huge. Yeah. He, has the, he had the most pressures, uh, uh, according to DT, of, of any D lineman last year. So that's that's massive. It's a massive loss. I mean, you can argue that pressures are even more influential than sacks. You'll see that when we talk about the pro football focus uh, uh, winners this week that they announced on cfl.ca but yeah it, it's a huge loss i i just hope selston haba uh habs habas it again um <laughs> you had to hey? i just had to um i yeah but it's it's getting to the point now with jeffco where you know he's injured for almost one third of the games or more so you got to start wondering or at least you have to have a backup plan it's just i, I hate to say it because I love the guy, but, but, you know, being healthy is a skill, staying healthy is a skill and not that he's unskilled, but you have to be on the field and he just hasn't been on the field, Darren. Yeah. Uh, the best ability is availability. You know, Chris Welby has said that right. like so many people have said, right. uh, in the game of football for, for so many years. So um, you know, it's a hit. Yeah. Celestin Haba is going to have to step up. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Anthony Bennett, the blue bombers first round pick in 2023 out of the university of Regina, um, is, is going to have to step up as well. So, uh, it will continue to be a rotation. Uh, I think Winnipeg will be okay, but, uh, especially early in the year when, when these things kind of start to snag guys, I think you want to be more cautious than not. So we don't have a situation. Um, well, so Jackson Jeffcoat doesn't have a situation like he did, uh, in 2022. Um, I mean, uh, overall Winnipeg is a pretty healthy football club. You know, you, you look at some of the other teams in the CFL, like losing Kadeem Carey, that is really going to hurt yeah, the Calgary Stampeders. And yeah, like I, I said it, yeah, sure. Diedrich Mills and, and Peyton Logan uh, are there, but Kadeem Carey is probably the most impactful down to down player in the CFL. That is not a quarterback. Uh, so, so that's a huge hit. Um, we're going to talk especially, about the Rough Riders injuries as well. Yeah, no, sorry, Darren, but it, it, it's especially, 
uh, going to hurt Calgary if their quarterback play is mediocre like it was, right? If you don't have that running game, that's like emptying the bullets from your gun. Yep. It's uh, uh, Someone was asking about the Hamilton player that did a belly flop and uh, we we know we were talking about that that's Mohammed Diallo he did a belly flop on Jeff Gray and a, apparently he was fined by the league i don't know if people remember that play but he basically he's on top of Jeff Gray and then he props himself up and then jumps up in the air and slams his st- his tummy onto Jeff Gray it was Just like a WWE flops, move and he got fined for it uh I don't remember that moment in the game, but I did see the CFL come out with their week one disciplinary fines. Uh, Ty Katz, D-Tackle, Mohamed Diallo, as you mentioned. This is the official words of of the Canadian Football League this afternoon. Fined for unnecessary roughness on Bombers O'Lyman, Jeff Gray. Uh, Blue Bombers safety, Brandon Alexander, fined for a high hit on Ty Katz, wideout Keandre Smith. Uh, I think that happened in the second quarter, if I recall correctly. Uh, Ticats defensive back, Carthel Flowers Lloyd. He was fined for a low block on a kicking play. Interestingly, did not mention the player who was on the receiving end of that Mm. uh, low block from uh, Carthel Flowers Lloyd. So what what does that mean, low block? Does it mean like below the knees? Yeah, I mean, uh, or it could be from the side. I think they still call it a, a low block or an illegal oh, block. Okay. Um, dangerous, right? Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah. So th- those are the official um, uh, fines handed out uh, by the CFL on Wednesday. Uh, those fine numbers are not disclosed, but it is roughly half a game check. So half their day. Is it day, really that much? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the money does go towards uh, a very good cause. And that is the players association emergency fund, emergency relief fund. So if a family, uh, of a player or a player themselves is, uh, in need, uh, the, the PA, um, has access to that. Speaking of which definitely need to mention this. The BC Lions came out with a statement on Wednesday because they canceled practice, uh, quote, Prior to practice, offensive lineman Phil Norman suffered a significant medical episode. Phil is currently conscious and alert and receiving full medical attention. The remainder of today's activity has been canceled. End quote. That was the press release they came out with in the morning. Later in the day, um, their assistant general manager, football ops VP, Neil McAvoy, uh, put out a statement. And I quote, After going down at the start of Wednesday's practice, Phil was taken to a local hospital for further evaluation. His EKG test has come back normal. Phil will undergo further blood testing and assessment from a cardiologist and will be kept in hospital overnight as a precaution. End quote. That from Neil McAvoy, the BC Lions. So first and foremost, hoping for the best for Phil Norman and his family, uh, the entire BC Lions organization Absolutely. Uh, from us here to you and, and across the CFL, uh, wishing you the best, uh, EKG that tells us it was, it was some sort of, uh, very likely some sort of heart issue or cardiac issue, uh, that Phil Norman, uh, offensive lineman of the lions suffered today. Um, but just, you know, sobering moment, Zach. Yes, indeed. We're just glad he's doing okay. And good to see that the Lions canceled practice. I mean, the players aren't going to be able to focus on yep. playing, nor should they. 
no, it can, it can be tough when, when those sorts of things happen. Um, should mention, um, and, and to, to go from, from, you know, some, some crummy news, but encouraging news to some more crummy news and that's off the football field. Uh, Zach, I, I do want to, uh, draw attention to, uh, some friends who lost their jobs today, uh, yeah. across bell media. Uh, it was the athletic, uh, earlier this week, uh, that, uh, let a lot of very talented, uh, writers, journalists, reporters go, uh, bell media followed suit today. They eliminated a, a whole whack of jobs across the country, including, uh, TSN 1260. If you remember here in Winnipeg, it was TSN 1290, uh, just over two years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, closed the doors here on sports talk radio in Winnipeg. Uh, that has now happened in Edmonton. So sending my best, I've reached out personally, of course, but Dustin Nielsen, uh, he'll still call games on the CFL on TSN, uh, very talented individual along with Dave Jamison, Matthew Iwanuk, uh, a ton of good friends and colleagues, uh, those three amongst many in Edmonton and across the country that uh, were affected by these job cuts today. Uh, hate seeing it, Zach. Uh, I feel for those individuals as well as the audiences in their respective markets because they're going to be without the outstanding coverage those individuals provided. Well said, buddy. It's It just blows. And, you know, I have to say this as someone who's a mental health advocate, it, it makes you kind of snicker at Bell Let's Talk Day where that when they're, you know, basically laying off hundreds of people who don't deserve it. Right. Like I'll say it, you don't have to you, you and, and you and Hustler have landed on your feet and Remus really well. And, and, and I'm proud of you guys, but it, it's, it leaves you reeling, right? All of a sudden, the door's shut on your workplace. Like, that doesn't happen to everybody. And it happened fast. And, and I'm sure the people in Edmonton are reeling. Yeah, it, it just sucks. Um, but it also goes to show that, um, you know, times continue to change. And the move from traditional legacy media to digital media, like you and I are doing here uh, on Bonfire Sports, Hustler and Remo at Winnipeg Sports Talk, Kenny and Rennie, yeah, they're still in traditional media, but doing the digital media thing as well. The Illegal Curve guys, OGs yep. of the sports podcast here in Southern Manitoba yep. Uh, yep. And, and so many others uh, across the country here in Winnipeg and the province. Um, hey, you know, times change. Uh, it just sucks uh, when those moments come, because, uh, you know, I've been there, uh, a lot of friends of, of mine, uh, are there right now and have been there before. Um, but you know, like they say, when, when one door closes another opens, uh, when you turn one page, uh, you, you have something new on the other side. So, uh, I'm really curious to see what comes out of Edmonton, um, mm -hmm. and other markets, uh, Leafs lunch in, uh, in Toronto, even, uh, TSN radio in Toronto canned, Leafs lunch, no more. So uh, that's shocking. Yeah. Leafs lunch. Are you yeah. serious? Mm -hmm. Yep. No more. I like what waiters is saying here. It's, it's nice that but luckily bell can't shut down YouTube. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. It is a good thing. Bell. Well, no, uh, you, dude, know, I, you know, kudos, kudos to you and hustler and illegal curve. And uh, I'm sure the Edmonton folks will follow suit, but it's not easy to have the door shut in your face. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to open a window. You know, that, that window is uh, very high up. You got to get on a hundred foot ladder, climb up slowly and gingerly at first. Yeah. And then, and then maybe open it little by little. And then you've got bonfire sports and 
uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk, uh, you know, Illegal Curve has has killed it as well. And uh, it's 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 hard, though. It shouldn't have to be that way. But yeah, it is what it is. But just remember this, everybody out there, you know, we're doing this for you, the sports fans. We, we want to give you a platform, a community to be a part of. We want to give you content so you can enjoy sports beyond uh, the newspaper, beyond the websites, beyond uh, watching the games or listening to the games, right? You can come here, get into the live chat, chat. Like, great to see everybody like Lynn and Comet uh, and Gregory and uh, Fritchie and Waiters and, and Jeff, Kabila's Sandy. What's going on, my friend? Great to see you as always. I have that card for you. Uh, I will get it to you, I promise. Uh, Arlen, everybody, like, like this is the thing. These same people and then new people come every week uh, and check things out. It is a community in itself. So yeah, you know, the radio is a little bit disconnected. I think that's why Twitter had been so popular over the last decade. Um, sports talk is important to people. It gives them, um, you know, a release or a reprieve or uh, just some time away from the realities of, of life. And uh, we want to continue to do that. So support our sponsors, uh, help support us, give us a thumbs up uh, and, and subscribe and do that sort of thing. If you're listening on podcast, give a review in your podcast app. It's, it's an easy thing to do. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. Um, but that said, uh, week two in the CFL, um, has some intriguing matchups. I'm really intrigued by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Zach, because there are question marks around their quarterbacking. Trevor Harris, bruised hip or a hip pointer. Limited in practice on Tuesday uh, and then did not practice today, being Wednesday. So uh, some question marks there. Mason Fine uh, taking the first team reps in his place. It was a closed practice. They're just pulling up the uh, the injury report here. Uh, it was a closed pack practice for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Wednesday, as it was here for the Blue Bombers in Winnipeg. Um, but you'll see Trevor Harris, hip issue, Full? Well, it was kind of limited. It says full, but he was limited on Tuesday. Did not practice today. Uh, questionable for Friday with the Blue Bombers in town. Uh, Jake Dolagala, he would be the number two if Mason Fine gets the start. Darrell Walker suffered a knee injury in week one. Interesting here. He didn't practice, then a full participant today, but he has been ruled out for their game against the Blue Bombers. Uh, Nick Marshall did not practice this week. Shoulder issue. He is their boundary corner. He is listed as doubtful. And one of the best players on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defense, and I know this because I took him in our fantasy draft that I'm up against you in, uh, Zach. <laughs> Year-long draft where we took uh, individual players from a whole bunch of teams. Roland Milligan Jr. Uh, hand injury is going to be questionable for Friday night against Winnipeg. So uh, question marks there as well um, on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They're still got Anthony Lanier the second on the defensive line. Pro Football Focus rated him the uh, most impactful defensive lineman in CFL week one. Uh, really interesting stuff at Pro Football Focus. If you head over there, uh, give them a ch uh, ch check them out. It, there, there's some really interesting stuff. They even pick like their best players of the week, uh, pretty much yeah. in every position. And, C and the CFL website did uh, did a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a uh, I don't know 
it was really just it was really just the tip of the iceberg actually on pro football focus and gave some awards out but you really like because when I when I went to the CFL website they had an article about pro football focuses winners of the week and Lanier was one of them and I looked up his stats and he had one tackle and one sack I look up Willie Jefferson's stats three tackles two sacks two knockdowns and a forced fumble like it doesn't get much better than that right yeah so so you're kind of thinking like what are the what are these what are these idiots talking about but if you go to the Pro Football Focus website and you search CFL, they go they they give you the numbers. And here's why they picked Lanier. Uh, they call him unblockable. He had five QB hurries. I assume that's pressures, Darren. Yeah. Um, five QB pressures is a lot, and three three pass rushes where he totally beat his guy. So I. Uh, on the surface, you might be like, well, what happened? What, what are these guys thinking or folks thinking? Where is Willie Jefferson? But there's a, you know, they, they break down every play. They study and chart every single play. They know what they're doing. So as much as I was surprised at first, I kind of, uh, I kind of got dummied up there. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you're putting it? You got dummied up? Yeah, I got dummied up. I was hey, like, you know what? Premature. It was a premature ejaculation. Let me just say that. <laughs> I was like, well, come on. What about what about Willie Jefferson? And then Did you, you're then bringing that back name. for 23. Oh, uh, come man. on. I thought it was funny. It is funny. It Who is definitely is laugh at it. But me and you. Yeah, it is definitely funny. You and I have some moments, but I, I, I like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, uh, pro football focus, uh, gave Anthony Lanier pass rusher of the week. Um, great pass rush grade. Uh, a couple blue bombers mentioned in this, including quarterback, Zach Kolaris, uh, pro football focus, uh, stated that, uh, he had a league leading passing grade of 85.2. That is out of 100. Uh, they really dig in, uh, to, all of the the numbers and and uh, the charting of everything it's really impressive uh, so go check them out pff.com uh, big shout out to them uh, new this year covering uh, the Canadian Football League defensively uh, Demario Houston named uh, one of the two cornerbacks of the week Gary Peters the BC Lions the other um, and uh, offensively, Kolaris, Brady Oliveira at running back, Nick Dembski at slot wide out, Drew Wolitarski at what they call outside wide receiver. That is the mm. X, or sorry, the Z, the Z, Z the yeah. wide side of the field receiver, generally where a Canadian plays. Drew Wolitarski, I imagine that uh, touchdown grab he had uh, was a big part of that. And then the bookends, Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, they were named respectively, the left tackle and the right tackle uh, of the week uh, on Pro Football Focus. Uh, yeah, Peter Godber, the center. There. Sorry, go ahead. No, just just happy there was lots of bombers on there, as, as lots there of bombers. should be. Sorry, lots of bombers. Peter Godber, the center. Yeah, of uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So they've been running the football effectively. They've been protecting uh, Trevor Harris pretty well uh except yeah. when they left trevor harris in the game oh, at the God. end to throw a throw a deep pass I, I don't really understand the reason for that so he took a shot it appears to be his hip or it's listed as a hip craig dickinson called it a hip pointer and i joked on twitter today when um uh craig dickinson had his statement a answering questions about uh, Trevor Harris's availability for week two against the Blue Bombers. 
no comment. We'll see when the injury report comes out. And I joked, you know, he's got a lot of work to do on his Mike O'Shea impression. Mike O'Shea never says no comment. Mike O'Shea yeah. is way smoother than that uh, yeah. when he doesn't want to directly address a question, uh, really in particular about injuries. So no word on Jackson Jeffcoat definitively, uh, but I would say while he is listed as doubtful, probably not, probably yeah. not going to play this week. Yeah. Uh, so Anthony Bennett um, and uh, Celestin Haba, the rookie, uh, who had a really big uh, oh, CFL debut it. last week, um, yeah. they'll handle things. And then they're going to be going up against potentially Mason Fine, a number two quarterback. So Oof. could be a heavy dose of the run in Ryderville on Friday. Absolutely. Darren, Darren before we uh, talk more about what the Rough Riders, what, what they are and maybe what they aren't, mm-hmm. um, because it's hard to tell how good you are when you beat an Elks team like that. But uh, tell tell us about uh, Brad Muhammad and Miles Fox. The, Thank you the, for reminding two me. guys that came in. Yeah, so uh, I don't know too much about Miles Fox, but he is a what is it three? He's a three hundred plus pound defensive tackle, yeah. an American with some experience, uh, most recently with the BC Lions. Uh, Brad Muhammad, uh, I, I made a couple calls and uh, like. You know, Zach, you tweeted it this week. Plug your Twitter at Zach Schnitzer 48. You you tweeted it this week. You remember Brad Muhammad and how well he played against the Blue Bombers mm. last season. He had yeah. 16 starts at field side halfback in the Calgary Stampeders defensive secondary. Uh, played a little bit with Ottawa in 2020 or 2021. Um and then they cut him loose, Arena League a little bit, but 16 starts at halfback for the Stampeders. Uh, if the Blue Bombers are without Winston Rose, or maybe more likely uh, longer term would be um, Jamal Parker. Jamal Parker, This yeah. is a great ad for yeah. Winnipeg. Brad Muhammad was an impact player. He made plays. Uh, he, you know, had pass knockdowns and... Uh, he's a good tackler. He's listed at 5'10", but I remember him being a lot longer. We've talked about yeah. length on this show a lot. Five. He's, <laughs> he's got yes, length, right? So uh, he's some, and, and playing halfback is one of the trickier spots or probably the yeah. trickiest spot uh, for an American to, to learn in the CFL game. So they release Matt Cole, who was the talk of training camp, uh, did some things in the return game. He has been released, uh, and, and they're going to add a veteran in Brad Muhammad. Overall, I think this is a net gain to go from a fresh rookie to a guy that had 16 starts and a very good defense in Calgary last season. Uh, I don't think Winnipeg needs him to jump into the lineup right away. But it's nice to have a guy like Brad Muhammad right yeah. there if you need him in the secondary. Well, and you mentioned halfback being tough to play, and that's because you're going against guys that are running at you full speed from behind the line of scrimmage. You're going against guys uh, doing the waggle. And if you're an American defender, you're like, what is what is going on here? How am I supposed to defend that? So you, it's, it's, it's a very skilled position, yeah. and it never hurts to have depth. No question. Depth is yeah. the one thing every team wants. Yeah, every single team wants that depth because in football and in pro football, the inevitable is you will need everybody to step on the field and do their job, right? That's why Mike O'Shea doesn't like talking about who a starter is or who the ones are. Yeah. 
he yeah. talks about the guys that are going to go out there and play. Uh, so could be Celestin Haba, who's going to need to uh, step in and play. It's just amazing. Like, what has it been? Today's Wednesday. So, yeah. like, Celestin Haba has been with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for, like, two weeks. Two weeks. Like, May like, 30th, I think he signed. Yeah, like 16 days. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So the way he came in and, and had that huge play to help seal the victory over Hamilton. Uh, and, and now he could start uh, on Friday night. It's it's really something. Well, and they, and they can always, you know, uh, comment talking about how well Matt Cole did on kick return. They can always bring these guys back to, you know, and they when do they expand the practice roster around Labor Day, Darren? It's their choice. They can begin it's like yeah. a window that you can expand it right and uh yeah. it's their choice when they want to but yeah around labor day after labor day uh is is when teams can can begin doing that yeah yeah for sure should i do my sober second thought or what yeah i think it's time let's go it's time okay so i have a question and i have a turn at... The Very button's tight, right here, man. I can't help myself. I know it's cheesy as heck. Don't push the red button, they say. <laughs> you can't help it. What did you say it was? You you had an acronym for guys like you who who can't stop buying gear or tech. Oh, gas. Yeah. What yeah. what's gas? Gear. Darren has gas. Yeah, gear acquisition syndrome. Loved it. Yeah. Loved Just, it. You know, technology, right? It happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but Gas I'm a bargain hunter, right? I'm, I'm not paying retail for anything. No, you're a Winnipegger. <laughs> well, of course That's you're right. not paying retail. Tried and true. Uh, so sober second thought. I'm going to have a question. I have some concerns based on last week. And then I have a crazy moment from their week one game. Uh, questions. So we were talking about Bo Levi Mitchell. And I basically last year said he was done. And after the game, I thought he's done. He was less than 200 yards, one touchdown, two picks by Demario Houston. Did not have a great game. Threw for less than 200 yards. And then, and then I got a little more sober, and I had a second thought, and I was like, "Is Bo actually done? Is he that bad? Or did the did the Winnipeg defense play really well? Or is he just maybe not on the same page?" as his receivers, particularly Tim White, you know, it is only week one. And so what I did is I rewatched the game and I counted seven long bombs that, that uh, Bo Levi Mitchell threw Darren and, and our fire starters. And what I found was a mixed bag. There was three or four where the bomber defense, the be it the D line or the DBs played extremely well. And he didn't really have a chance. So I'm not putting that on Bo, whether the pass rush was pressuring him or, you saw our DBs like Demario Houston and, and Lawrence and the guys making plays. There were another few where he just plain missed guys. And I think that's where that's not so much Bo losing it or, or being over the hill, but he's just not on the same page it, it, the, the timing, right? You need to have timing and it's week one. He didn't play much in the preseason. But lastly, there were a few plays where he um, he underthrew his receivers. And I think that's where you're looking at maybe his arm strength waning or because of that shoulder surgery, maybe he's just not the same old Bo. So uh, the answer is as clear as mud. I don't know if Bo's done. There was some some encouraging throws on his part. So it'll be fascinating 
to see how he plays against Toronto to see whether, you know, it's still his arm giving him trouble or maybe it's just him not being on the same page as receiver. So that was my question. Concern has to be the fact that the Bombers should have won that game by 20, 30 points. And the special teams outside of Castillo gave us trouble. They gifted the Ticats two touchdowns. One was on the Jamison Sheehan block punt for the touchdown. The other was Janarian Grant uh, got stripped and it went right into Fraser Sopik's hand. He rumbles it down to the two, basically gives gives a touchdown to the Ticats. James Butler walked in from there, Darren. And the, the the special teams just has to be sharper. And the other thing is they they allowed massive return yards by Lawrence Woods. Uh, I believe he had uh, he had six returns for 154 yards, 25.7 uh, yard average, and a large of 40. And that's where I wonder. You know, it's just one guy, but Mike Miller being out on special teams, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that doesn't hurt your kick coverage so hopefully he gets back soon i I, the other you know uh postscript on that another concern was piggy tyrell pigram getting stuffed on short yardage on the goal line twice you saw in the second half when they went to short yardage again it was actually drew brown who came in i thought that was interesting wondering whether they lost confidence in piggy t um, I'm sure he'll be coached up, but something to watch to see if Piggy uh, has been removed from short yardage for the time being. And then my last thing, Darren, is my crazy moment. It wasn't the first touchdown. The beautiful dime Zach put on Nick Dembski in the corner route. He just punished a delicate twice on a corner route, actually. But it was actually the second touchdown he threw to Rashid Bailey. It was a it was a play action. And a play action is used to try and freeze the def- the defensive line, right? Well, or fool the defensive line. Well, Jagarit Davis was not fooled. He didn't go for Brady Oliveira. He went right at Zach Kolaris. And Kolaris was cool as, cool as a cucumber, even with a massive guy in front of his face. He pump fakes. He makes Jagarit Davis jump in the air to try and knock it down. And then as Jagarit Davis is coming back down to earth, Zach coolly and calmly just flicks it over his head to a wide open Rashid Bailey who walks in for the touchdown. <clears throat> if you haven't watched the game recap or seen highlights, just watch for that again. Cause it, it's just, I can't imagine being a quarterback where a massive guy like Jagger Davis is bearing down on you and you have the presence of mind to pump fake him and have the patience and timing to just toss it over his head as he's coming down from his jump. So that's my sober second thought, Darren. And uh, that's just Zach Kolaris magic. And I love it. And all Bomber fans love it. Incredibly sharp analysis and insight from you, Zach. I say that in all, all, uh, uh, all seriousness, really good eye on the game. And uh, that's why people come here to see you on uh, bonfire midweek. They come here to see me. Of course they come here to see me. That's right. They do. Uh, speaking of, of Zach Kolaris, uh, I have to pull this up. This, this just came across my feed just now. So Ed Tate of bluebombers.com, outstanding writer uh, for the club. Love reading him. I suggest uh, you read him as well. He tweeted this quote from Drew Wolitarski 
today. And, and here's the whole thing. Today was a close practice, but it was also open locker room day. This is why the open locker room is so important for media to have at least once a week in the CFL, really in, in pretty much all pro sports, because you get a chance to get guys a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more in their own element. Uh, I'm going to pull this up here. This is hilarious. Drew Wolitarski, okay, <laughs> tells Ed Tate, you know what? Zach Kolaris reminds me of an old Italian sculptor like Michelangelo. He's obsessive, but also humble. He's like an old Greek guy who might work until he dies. I joke about it, but seeing that from him has helped me grow. I give way more now than I did before. I'm not afraid to say. Drew Wolitarski wow. is an absolute gift. Yeah. The guy is just pure entertainment, whether he's got a guitar or cleats on, or just, you know, shooting the breeze, uh, you know, in a, in a chill atmosphere like he was today, obviously, with uh, Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com. What a great quote. Zach Kolaris uh, leading all storylines as far as CFL Week 1 and the outstanding performances. Uh, must feel good, Bomber Nation, to have a quarterback like Zach Kolaris. Mike O'Shea is raving about him, saying he just exudes winning. That's what Mike O'Shea said about the quarterback today. Uh, the receivers, the old line, you know, they'll do anything for this guy because, uh, I think he just shows up and, and gives everybody the confidence around him from his own confidence that they're going to go out there and get the job done. That that's really, really something. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's blossoming before our eyes, right? Uh, yeah. a very comfortable Zach Kolaris year three with Drew Brown, with, uh, Buck Pierce, with Mike O'Shea, uh, with a lot of these receivers and a lot of the guys on the offensive line, uh, continuity matters. Um, yeah. you know, Zach, Zach Kolaris said it during training camp this year. He's never been in the same room with the same group for this long, even in college, because you have changes all the time with coaching staffs and, and, uh, recruitment and players graduating, aging out, that sort of thing. Uh, we might be seeing the best of Zach Kolaris in his entire life, his entire playing career right now because of this. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to just quickly digress. Everyone's asking about the chain. I just moved my camera, Darren, so people can see it. Okay. It's, around, it's just hanging up there on there that weird cat uh, statue. Um, I will be bringing up a chain. I honestly just keep forgetting. That's all. But I'll get it back. I, I get have back. a chain. I'm still yeah. I'm still uh, repping the chain. Yeah. That, I mean, I just love colorful comments like that. They're calling him an old Italian sculptor. And then he, and then he call, calls him an old Greek guy. <laughs> He's going to die at the workshop table. Um, just uh, just great stuff from Wolitarski. And Ed Tate had, uh, had a good article yesterday, too, where he interviewed Brad Muhammad, who's the new DB halfback we were talking about. And he just talks about, uh, gives you some inside baseball into into the culture that is the locker room of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He talks about how he's never seen anything like it, and he's been on he's been on uh, tight teams before. But the fact that the guys he, one th one one thing he commented on was the fact that the guys will watch film and compliment each other on the great plays that they make. And you can just easily tell that the guys are playing for each other. And I, I think, I don't know, tell me what you think, Darren, but I think when you're trying to win and you're trying to win for yourself, I mean, I think we all like to win, 
Um, but I don't think it's it's as motivating or even close to as motivating as wanting to win for your brother. Like when you want to win for someone else, I imagine that's much more motivating and has more staying power. I don't know if you caught the conversation um, with Paul Maurice following their loss last night in Vegas uh, in, in the decisive game in the Stanley Cup final. No. Uh, you know, uh, the reporter, um, it was Jackie Redmond, I think. She asked uh, Paul Maurice about like, you know, what what stands out in this season, you know, said you've been around uh, a long time in, in the National Hockey League. This was the second time Paul Maurice uh, had been on the losing uh, side of a Stanley Cup final and uh, the other time with the Carolina Hurricanes. And he said to go to to show up every day and to see the love in that locker room that those guys have for each other. And the way Paul Maurice put it, as expected, quite eloquently, um, and I'm not doing it justice right now, but to say how he got to um, just witness that or or just to observe that. He didn't say I was part of it or I helped build it. He just said that's what they had in the room. And to see that on a day-in and day-out basis really gave him, him encouragement for why we put our children in sports and what you hope as a parent your children learn from playing sports about camaraderie and uh, sportsmanship and being a good teammate, being a brother, being a sister, being a friend, uh, being a support for that person next to you, whether it's on the field or on the ice or in the locker room or wherever, uh, mm -hmm. and, and how valuable that is. Good teams have that. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets or Paul Maurice right now, <laughs> but I think everybody knows what I'm saying. Good teams have that. They have that, you know, glue or gel or whatever yeah. viscous, you know, uh, material people use, uh, to, to describe that, right. They have that connection inside the room and amongst the players. Uh, the Winnipeg blue bombers have it and that's why they're a winning team. You know, uh, guys will go to battle together. And if one person slips, the other one picks up the slack. You're only as strong as the, your weakest link and, you know, yeah. cliche, 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 but why are they cliches? They're cliches because they're true. They're a little bit true. Right? Yeah. They're, well, and, and Wally says it there, like he, Wally's not a guy who, who, you know, was a slacker by any means, but he says he took it to a next level when he saw how hard Zach Kolaris works. I mean, it's just they just inspire each other to be better, and it's a it's a thing of beauty, man. It really is. It really is. Speaking of a thing of beauty, week two is going to be a thing of beauty for you and me, Zach Schnitzer, mm, because maybe you just and me. I we're going to do better than we did in week one with our picks for SIA.com. Last week we didn't do so hot. Well, you up? didn't do so hot. I did well, okay. You, yeah, you did okay. I guess, I guess we'll pull up this document. So here is our, here's our picks. Okay. So don't, don't mind week two yet. We'll get to those. But uh, Zach, you put one unit on Calgary to cover three. They did not. 
So you lost a unit there. You put two yeah. units on Winnipeg to cover five. No problem. You get the check mark. So you're plus one on the season. Yeah, baby. Going on units, total units. Yeah. Units that you're betting. Could be a dollar, could be a hundred dollars, could be um, could be a kick in the rear. Uh it's $100, I took dollars, folks. Just kidding. Hey? Nothing. <laughs> I took Ottawa plus two and a half. I put one unit on that. I missed. They stunk. I thought Nick Arbuckle would at least uh, be able to to do something. He couldn't. Edmonton, I uh, had them covering two and a half. I put three units on that. I thought Edmonton was going to win the guaranteed win game at Commonwealth. They didn't. I get another X. So I'm minus four on the Ouch. year. You're plus one. I've got work to do. Like, it's almost like I'm giving you a bit of a head start. Hey, Zach? Well, I think you did. I think you you handicapped me, buddy. But that's okay. That's okay. I, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll take it. And uh, this week we're, we're going in even Stevens. Um, yeah. We're going to take this seriously. It's going to be uh, better. You're not going to you're you're not going to give me any uh, benefit of the doubt. It's going to be better uh, this week. Uh yeah. go to sia.com/bonfire. That is our exclusive link. If you sign up and deposit, I think it's anywhere from 10 bucks to 1000 bucks. Uh and once those bets clear, you get a 100% bonus in bet credits. So you're not going to find that deal anywhere else, uh especially from sports books based in Canada. SIA Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book uh, based here in Canada for Canadian sports fans like you. Okay, so the Calgary Stampeders open things up in Ottawa on Thursday night. This line has moved quite a bit, Zach. It was originally, yeah. what, five? Four. Four. Four or five. It is now six and a half. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers opened and remains six and a half point favorites in Saskatchewan on Friday, the Edmonton Elks are seven-point dogs in BC on Saturday night. And then Sunday to wrap up CFL Week 2, the Ticats, 0-1. They are two-point favorites going into BMO to face the Toronto Argonauts in their home and 2023 season debut. They're going to raise the banner and Ugh. then the odds makers think the Ticats will win by at least two points. Uh, yeah. so we've got our pick Zach and okay. we'll start with you. Okay. So I'm, I'm taking Hamilton to, uh, win by at least two. I think they bounce back. They've had a, they've had a week to work out the kinks, whereas the Argos have not, I don't know what the Argos are with Chad Kelly. You know, I know he, mm -hmm. he won them the great cup, but that was just a flash in the pan with no film on the guy. Um, I, I think, he he can only do so well. I don't think he's going to be. It, it, let's just say his debut is not going to be Bo Levi Mitchell's debut uh, that occurred in 2013, where he lit <laughs> up the Bombers for three touchdowns at IG Field. Uh, so I I think I think Hamilton puts it together. I think they showed some real fight in staying in the game when they were down by 28. So I like Hamilton by to to win by at least two, Darren, and I'm putting two units on it. I, I'm not as brave as you betting three, uh, but I'm going to uh, put two down. And then my second one is going to be the Bombers. I'm going to take them six and a half. It was six, but uh, a lot of people were betting the Bombers. So they, they've raised it. I expect them to um, widen the spread even more uh, in the next couple of days or tomorrow, I guess. So yeah. I'm taking Winnipeg uh, minus six and a half. 
Okay, so you got two units on the Thai Cats to cover and one unit. Not very confident you are on Winnipeg mm -hmm. to cover six and a half. I'm, I'm not like, super confident, no. Yeah, I like the BC Lions to continue their role. Like, look, let's be serious. Okay, the Edmonton Elks are seven point dogs for a reason. They were terrible in week one. I am putting two units on the BC Lions to cover seven at home. LL Cool J in the house. Lions will win by a touchdown or more. I'm going to have to change this. Right. It's five and a half. No, it's six and a half. Six and a half. So Oops. it's moved that much. That's why you want to get on SIA.com slash bonfire early in the week uh, before the lines move. That's that's okay. That's all right. I might have, uh, you know, put a sprinkle on, but I will take uh, already, but I will take uh, them at six and a half, putting one on that. Uh, really trying to, you know, get to minus one on the season. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see where you're at. You could be up by five, easily five on me, um, you know, mm -hmm. by, by the time we're done, Zach. For week two. I, I expect to be. I expect to be. I think people should put their money uh with the schnitz. Leave their money with me. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna do any Ponzi scheme. I'll I'll just uh I'll reinvest help you decide where to bet. I'll I'll reinvest. Yeah. Again, this is just for fun. Uh and of course we we hope you just have fun uh with this do it responsibly do it safely and um yeah we hope you can do it with us uh on bonfire uh sia.com slash bonfire they got prop bets they got futures uh those are still available on the site if you want to uh take the bombers to win the gray cup or to win the west uh over under totals on wins for the season uh or even pockets for the wins. I don't know if that's what it's actually called, but like if you think they'll win 10 to 13 games, you can bet on that. Uh, right. Those sorts of things. Who's going to lead the league in receiving, rushing, passing yards, uh, all of those sorts of things. Tons of great stuff. Go check them out at SIA.com slash bonfire. Um, should mention, because I failed to earlier, Jamal Peters back with the Toronto Argonauts. He was their starting boundary corner last year. Time in the NFL released recently signs back with the Argos. He will likely be the eventual starting boundary corner, um, in the Toronto Argonauts defense and getting him back. He, he practiced a little bit this week with the ones. So it's possible he could play, um, uh, against, uh, uh against the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the game is on Sunday. So, it, you know, he does have a little bit extra time, uh, to get things going, but uh, that's a huge addition uh, to the uh, to the Argonauts defense. They are without Enoch Mwamba right now. Oh, is Mwamba hurt? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, I, I wasn't super confident on my Winnipeg pick, this is before I, because yesterday there were, you know, Harris didn't practice, but um, Dickinson said he'd be fine. So I thought, okay, Harris is going to play. And I thought that, that Saskatchewan defense looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. I don't know about their offense, but their defense looks pretty good, albeit they were playing against Taylor Cornelius. But um, you never know when you go into Regina. But here's the thing, uh, especially if Harris doesn't play, I see them covering. And, and now with all the spate of injuries uh, that, that showed up today, uh, I, I think the Bombers easily cover. I should have put more units on, but too late now. But who is who is Saskatchewan? Like, did they just beat, barely beat a bad Elks team? 
Or is that Elks team pretty decent and the Riders have a really good defense? I don't know, but all I know is that the, the Riders were a goal line stand away from possibly losing that game against a quarterback who was humming at a, a lofty 52% completion percentage. So it'll be fascinating. Like week two, it, like you started the show off by saying wild. Uh, it, it's going to be a wild week too. It's so I'm fascinated to see what, what will happen in the CFL. Yeah. I, I think it was wild because of what we saw and the way we were surprised by so many things. Were we surprised by the bombers? No, but we were surprised with how it all shook out on Friday at the madhouse, right? Like it, it coming out the way they did with like nearly 200 yards passing and three touchdowns in the first quarter. And then to see Bo struggle the way he did, and then the Tie Cats able to to you know strip the ball away and and uh, you know block up and, and really make some things happen uh, to get within a score in the fourth quarter that was pretty wild. To see Vernon Adams Jr. put a lot of doubters, uh, well at least put some doubters back on their heels, uh, I thought was pretty wild. To see how bad Nick Arbuckle was was pretty wild to see the goal line stand of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders was pretty wild to see, um, Gino Lewis go 102 yards for a touchdown. And then they couldn't do anything else the rest of the day. That was wild. Um, and I'm not even talking about, uh, what game am I missing? I'm spacing out today. Holy cow. What the Um, Montreal Ottawa. Yeah. I mean, uh, that game was not wild. That game was pretty <laughs> tepid, uh, yeah. you know, but uh, it was, it was a fun week one, really looking forward to week two, Calgary and Ottawa, Winnipeg uh, travels to Sask, Edmonton at BC, Hamilton in Toronto. Uh, you want to go to SIA.com slash bonfire and uh, uh, join us uh, on our journey as uh, Zach Schnitzer tries for redemption following utter dominance by yours truly in 2022. Uh, Good start for you, my man. Good start for you. I Um, know. We got to get a trophy or something. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a trophy. We'll, we'll see. And, and you're, don't worry folks. You're going to see me after the game on, on after dark on uh, late on Friday. And then of course, tomorrow, Darren, we've got you and the big guy, number 63. You're going to tee up this fascinating early season rivalry game. Yeah. It's uh, it's a very uh, intriguing matchup for me because of a lot of those injuries, right? No Darrell Walker. So how uh, significant does Sean Bain Jr. become in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders pass game? Jake Wieneke, um, you know, Mario Alford, not targeted too much in week one, but he is obviously a dangerous, speedy weapon. Uh expected to start at uh at wide receiver in the Rough Riders offense uh and then the two-headed monster that is Jamal Morrow and uh Frankie Hickson running the football that's just the offense right uh they could be a much better team offensively in week two after getting the kinks out in week one but defensively nick marshall their starting boundary corner he's in question so does that open things up for dalton shown for carlton agadosi it could very well do that um you know uh, roland milligan jr is just an outstanding 
boundary halfback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Like Dietrich Nichols level of impact. Uh, questionable for Friday night against Winnipeg. Another issue, like if they're without Nick Marshall and, mm-hmm. and Milligan, or wow. if those guys are banged up and not at 100%, but still playing, Winnipeg could be eating to their yeah. best players on the field. And, and that would be right. Agadosi and, and Dembski and Dalton Schoen uh, sure. on that boundary side. Uh, it, it will be fascinating. This is the question I want to leave everybody with. Okay. Brady Oliveira was slow to start last season. Took him about a month to get going, then finished the year incredibly strong, thousand yard rushing season uh, in his first as a starter in the CFL. What we saw back on Friday night in week one, is this the coming out party of the CFL's next Canadian superstar? I, I like to think so. I like to think so, my man. I mean, it's, I'm not going to answer your question now, but I like to think so, and I and I definitely don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Jump into the comments. Yeah. Uh, if you are watching this later, hit up the comments below. You're watching on Facebook or you're in the live chat right now, hit it up. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, leave a review. Give us your thoughts. We read it all. Uh, and you can also text the hotline, 204-816-TIPS. That's 816-8477. Text anytime. You got a question for me, uh, I will be there. One, look who it is. Our old pal, Don Sign Guy. Back Sign in the guy. live chat. Uh, haven't seen you around for a while, Don. I know you've been busy with uh, uh, your professional, personal endeavors. So uh, best of luck to you. Um, but uh, be sure to do that. Join me and Chris Walby live at noon tomorrow. That's Thursday. And then post game, game day after dark, Zach, you and I, maybe a special guest because it's a late one, uh, will get it going following Bombers Riders Friday night, 8 p.m. Winnipeg time. The game is in Regina. Uh, we'll get things going around 1130, 11:45 uh, on the post game. But this has been fun, Zach. Really yes, looking sir. forward to uh, game two. We'll see if the Bombers can improve to 2-0. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. It's never too early to have a rivalry game. And I can't wait to hear you and Walby chop it up tomorrow, buddy. Go see our friends at Shannon's Irish Pub. They are the spot. Big thanks to them. Support us by supporting our sponsors like Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton. All the info you need, shannonsirishpub.ca. Take care, my friend. Enjoy. It's going to be a fun week. Oh, it's going to be great. It's always great when we play the Riders. Thanks, Firestarter. Sayonara. Good to see you all. Uh, Fritchie, Sign Guy, Gregory, of course, Larry, Jeff, Lynn, Ticona, Polly, Kevin, uh, all of you. Fritchie, Lynn, Phyllis. We see you all in this there. This goes on. We, we see, see you. you okay. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm waiting for your Sayonara. Well, oh, I said it already, but I'll say it again. Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs>